Good morning. Good morning. I was going to be up front there, but I can't hold the mic and all the other stuff, so I didn't find a side to come up here. Let's pray. Christ, Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I've been ministry for 40 years, and I've been going across the United States for the last seven years preaching the good news about food for the poor. I became involved with it because my home congregation was involved with food for the poor. And when I retired, they invited me to become a speaker to food for the poor. This gospel lesson today is an interesting one. Jesus knew what he was going to do to feed those people, but he didn't do it. He invited Andrew and Philip to become part of the miracle. You see, Jesus wants you and me to be doing his work in the world. Jesus could have very easily fed the 5,000 without the help of the five loaves and the two fish, without the help of the little boy, without the help of Andrew. And the impact wouldn't have been the same. Jesus could choose, the Lord could choose, God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, could choose to feed all the hungry people of the world. No questions asked. But then, you would not be blessed by helping others. And those who would just naturally have food coming to them, their prayers wouldn't be answered because they wouldn't need to be praying for those people to help, for you to help. Food for the poor. It's been around for 40 years now. It helps the 17 countries in the Caribbean islands and Central America. It feeds nearly a million people every day. And you need to know that over 94% of all money and goods and kind given, 94% goes to the direct service of the poor. That's important to me, because I believe in good stewardship, even as you do. And I want to know that when I give to Food for the Poor, it will go to where I want it to go, and that is to help the poor. When I was invited to become a speaker for Food for the Poor, they sent me to Haiti. Haiti is one of the poorest of the poor islands in the Caribbean islands. And the first thing he did was he sent me to, uh, there were 10 pantries, and we went to a food kitchen. There was 1,500 people lined up at that food kitchen, each of them holding two buckets, just like this. And we filled those two buckets with food. Those 1,500 people went to their community, and each of these buckets fed 10 people. And this was their lunch and their dinner for the day. Now, 
as we're speaking, the war about Ukraine continues. And ever since March, Food for the Poor has been actively involved, helping the refugees in Ukraine. We've been sending millions of manna packs. There are packs of rice with nutrition in them, uh, food, you know, they're sealed so that the people can eat them. And we send them to a group called Feed My Starving Children. There's 3,600 pastors involved in the Ukraine area, all distributing the food to these people. And that will happen, and that will continue helping those Ukrainians until this crisis is over. We're reaching out to God's children because that's what God is demanding of us, even as he asked Andrew and Philip to do their part. He's asking you to do your part. Now, we're not just involved with food. That's just the beginning. As we go, we ask the pastor what's needed. We always say water, clean water. As I was driving through the country of Haiti, I saw a couple women cleaning their clothes, washing their clothes in a muddy creek about that wide. It was very hot there, about 100 degrees every day. The cows and goats were in that same creek right beside of them, drinking and cooling off and doing what cows and goats naturally do in the water. But on the bank were a couple dozen gallon jugs of water. They're drinking water, the same water that those cows and goats have. Unclean water is the number one killer of children in these countries. Even today, even as we speak, clean water is such a gift. We take it for granted, don't we? Question, how many took a shower last night or this morning? <laughs> oh, pretty good. About 75% of you. I don't want to ask the last time you took it. <laughs> Drank coffee, tea, yeah. just a given. We wash our dishes, or at least we ask our husbands to wash the dishes. Man. It just happens. Water is not a gift to these people, a given gift, but we are making it happen. It costs about $6,000 for a well to be done. But we ask individuals and we ask congregations to give $285 for the well pump. And every Christmas, that's what my wife and I do as a Christmas gift to food for the poor. Is that something this congregation can do? Is that something you as a family can do? $285 for the gift of water, clean water? And then we ask the pastor, who needs housing the most, the most desperate? And when I talk about housing, I'm talking usually about a 12 by 12 square foot root shack made of plastic or tin, always, always wet when it rains, 24. We replace that by a 20 by 20 square foot building, hurricane proof, earthquake proof, so that these people have a solid place to live. I was in Nicaragua. And we went to a community 
and the houses were just completed about three months prior. Went to this lady who spoke Spanish. I, my friend, uh, also a painter, spoke Spanish. We went to her. Uh, we were talking to her, and we asked, "What difference does this house make in the light?" And we went from the front door to the back door, and she opened out. And about 75 yards away was this woods, and she said, "That's a swamp." And every day after going to that swamp to gather wood for my fire for cooking. And the rattlesnakes in that swamp and the crocodiles in that swamp was very dangerous. But at night time, those rattlesnakes and crocodiles would come into our village and they would come into our homes. But now, she said, I have a door. I have a door that I can close to protect my children. What a difference a house makes for now, we noticed that over a couple of years, we go back into these houses and they were completely naked with, and there was no furniture because they couldn't afford it. So now the last year we've been getting them uh, tables and chairs and beds. Each one has a solar panel because there's no electricity. Now they have light, light bulbs in the night time. For every two houses we make in an outhouse, there's no one. And for every, remember those outhouses? I do too. I'm old enough to remember outhouses. I'm glad I have indoor plumbing. For every house in the villages, we give 20 chickens. And that's something you can donate so that they can raise the chickens, eat the eggs, and sell the eggs for profit. Now, there's two things. We do not give a penny to any government. Well, invite governments to help us, but we won't give money to a government. Because we know what happens when we give money to governments. And the second thing is, what is the second thing? I just have a great feeling. I just lost my train of thought on that term. That's what happens when you don't have notes. But we go into these villages to, to make a difference. And, um, I don't know what I was going to say. Anyway, we are here making a difference, and and it's our point to do that. Oh, we we are not. We want the people to become self-sufficient. That's what we want. And so we will go into that village, teach them to be better farmers, teach them to be better fishermen, give them the way to do that. So countries throughout the United States give money to us and goods to us, sea, fertilizer, free boats, so that they can help these people become better. We're invaluable with hospitals and with orphanages, and we get millions of dollars worth of free medical equipment and medical supplies and prescriptions that we can get to the hospitals in these lands so that the people can receive that medical care. So we're an all-encompassing thing. And the whole goal, after three or five years, of that village becomes self-sufficient. 
that they don't need to clean that village and they can stay there where the home is. In Nicaragua, we have a sewing machine program teaching women how to sew after they graduate. The government employs them to make material uniforms for their for the school. That's what we're about. And we do it one family at a time. It's so neat to see that transformation in these people, in that sense of pride, that sense of self-sufficiency that you've always had, that you always expect. Now these people for the first time are getting it. I invite you to, to look at the brochure. And there's some different things uh, with the orphanages. You can support a child uh, doing something like that. We have an envelope here. I invite you to, uh, if you have a way to do it today, tear it off, put your name and address. The whole goal is to get sustaining, supporting members that our ministry can continue. So put your name and address up, put your gift in there. If you're not able, please take it home. Pray about it what we can do to make a difference. How can we be angered to say, here is this small amount. Bless it. Multiply it in the name of Jesus. I will have my hunger bucket. Uh, there's also a basket back there, but I'll have those shirts have a hunger bucket. I'll be with you during the fellowship. It looks like there's some really good food again. Of course, we're, we're, we're Thank you for your time. Thank you for your invitation to be here. Uh, thank you for your ministry here and your those to our side. Mr. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be with us. You are the true bread for heaven, Lord. Help us to share the bread and the bread of life with others. In Jesus' name.